Welcome to A Pinch of Salt, the higher education podcast that explores the latest trends and innovations in teaching and learning. I'm your host, Karis Howells, and with me today is my co-host, James Broomhall. Hi there, Karis. Today's episode is going to be a really exciting one. We'll be talking about the use of audience response systems in university lectures and their benefits for learner engagement. That's right, James, and we're lucky to have a special guest with us today to help us explore this topic. Joining us from Swansea University is Alex Bailey. Alex is an academic developer and he has a lot of experience working with faculty members to incorporate new technologies into their teaching. Welcome to the show, Alex. Oh, thank you for having me, Karis and James. I'm excited to be here. So let's jump right in, Alex. Can you tell us a bit about what audience response systems are and how they work? Sure. An audience response system, also known as a clicker system, is a tool that allows students to respond to questions or prompts in real time during a lecture. Uh, Students use a device such as a remote control or a smartphone to answer questions or participate in polls. And the results are displayed on a screen in the classroom and these these systems are are designed to sort of facilitate active learning and engagement. It gives them uh, a, a way to participate in the lecture and receive immediate feedback on their understanding of the material. That sounds like a great way to get students more involved in the lecture. Can you give us an example of how a faculty member might use an audience response system in their teaching? Sure. Uh, An example would be a multiple choice question that the lecturer poses during the lecture, and students then use their device to select their answer. After all the students have responded, the results are displayed on the screen in the classroom, and the lecturer can use this as an opportunity to discuss and further explain the correct answer or to get students to explain their reasoning behind their answer. This can be a great way to assess student understanding of the material in real time and to identify misconceptions that need to be addressed. Another example could be uh, the use of polls or open-ended questions to gather feedback from students during the lecture. Uh, This could be a great way to get students to reflect on their learning and to provide feedback to the lecturer on how well the lecturer is meeting their needs. That sounds really useful. Are there any particular challenges that faculty members might face when using an audience response system in their teaching? Well, one challenge is that not all students may have access to the technology required to participate in the audience response system. Uh, This can be a particular problem for students who are economically disadvantaged or for students with disabilities. It's important to ensure that the technology is accessible to all students and that there are alternative ways for students to participate if they need to. Another challenge is that it can be difficult to design questions that are both engaging and effectively assess student understanding. Uh, It takes time and practice to develop effective questions, and it's important to pilot test them before using them in a lecture. That makes sense. Are there any practices you would recommend for faculty members looking to incorporate an audience response system in their lectures? Well, I'd be able to tell you more about that if ChatGTP had written anything more for me to say. (laughs) Yes, uh, surprise, this isn't an episode about audience response systems at all. Uh, Well, it was a bit, um, but we just fancied having a play with ChatGPT. Uh, Everything you just listened to was written by an AI. Uh, And I've got to say, aside from the intro being totally different to a normal one, uh, it was quite convincing, wasn't it? I think it was pretty good, yeah. It sounded pretty coherent. And uh, yeah, I think it was a really good shot, so... Yeah. Yeah. What did you think, James? Oh, I would have been convinced. Yeah. Um, it's quite scary to think how um, how accurately it, it mimics what well, it mimics what you would think was just a spontaneous 
um, human response. Yeah, I, I, I thought some of the answers were quite, they were really pedagogically sound as well, weren't they? You know, that you could clearly see how, how the, the, the pros and, it weighed up the pros and cons for us uh, and, uh, and, and brought out some proper real life examples and contexts of, of where this could be used and the pitfalls. Um, it was astounded me really, you know. Um, so um, I'm, I'm just going to read the prompt out to you and see, see how well you think this, this matched the, this hit the prompt. So uh, I, I prompted it with, uh, write a script for an episode of the Higher Education podcast, A Pinch of Salt about the use of audience response systems in university lectures and their benefits for learner engagement. The episode needs to be at least 3,000 words in length, and it must have a host called Karis Howes, a co-host called James Bruhorn, and a guest called Alex Bailey. Uh, the guest is an academic developer from Swansea University. Um, so what, what do you think about that? Wow. I, I honestly thought that you'd put a lot more information in. I thought you'd actually maybe written the questions yourself and, and kind of retrieved the answers separately. So the whole thing was literally the system giving you those questions too. Precisely, yeah. It's incredible. It is incredible, isn't it? Yeah, and the use of um, punctuation as well in the, in the, the script, the, the exclamation points, the question marks, the, the, the way it's... It's 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 structured to 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 mimic human human speech and to to give you those those prompts how it knows how to do that in the right places. Yeah, That's, definitely. Uh, really clever. Definitely, and I, I think if if we'd taken more more runs at it as well, we could have made it sound even more convincing, couldn't we? As well, if if we if, uh, if we, that that was just our first kind of dry test run of the script, we just sat down with it and read it out. Um, so it, it it is phenomenally convincing um i'd say it did fall short in a couple of areas first of all i you'll notice i said it needed to be about three thousand words in length i did a bit of maths that should roughly equate to about a 20 minute episode there uh chat gpt only gave me about 600 words and no matter how many times i tried it would stop at 600 words you know i would t tweak the prompt a little bit and uh, um so that seems to be a, a a shortfall i don't know whether that was because it might have been a capacity at the time i was i was trying to use it but uh, um um who, who knows really um and i've not tried to use it for anything else yet i don't know if you guys have had a play with it at all no yeah no i've read a few things that have been written um but i i think the major kind of giveaway if you're kind of looking for a tell that it's it's not something that's kind of authentic that somebody's actually sat down and written is possibly the fact it's quite generic yeah. I think if you look at the rest of our podcast episodes, they're very sort of Swansea specific. You yes. know, we're talking about examples of teaching that happen at Swansea. Um, we've kind of got that detail in there. Um, often there's a lot of emotion and things in there as well. Sure. So this, I mean, it, it's quite a generic kind of um, answer. But having said that, it's a very coherent, it's relevant, it's putting together the right questions with the right answers. It's drawing together, like you said, pedagogical information. Um, yeah, so it is, I think at first, like, like, that is a really kind of solid starter for a, a podcast episode, really, isn't it? So. Yeah, uh, as you say, it's, sort of, it, it's, it's a good starter. It could be used uh, to supplement and to, to help um, support your pod podcast creation. Um, it's a really good sort of platform to jump off, um, but on its own, um, I think, yeah, you really do need that human, human element. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and and like th things like the intro as well. You know, it wasn't it wasn't the normal intro to the podcast, and uh, so so I I would go in and and I'd I'd replace that with our our, our, our usual one, I imagine, and 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 other things. But uh, but yeah, no, it's it's a great start, isn't it? Um, 
But yeah, so it's this is a good example of how it can be used to kind of streamline our, our workflows as staff members, which is nice. But also, uh, we're thoroughly aware, aren't we, that the conversation about ChatGPT is a lot wider than that at the moment, and, uh, and well, specifically uh, the implications for academia, for academic misconduct, and things like that. Um, that they're talked about a lot, um, and. As such, we're hoping to make some more content about ChatGPT and its implications for, for academia in the future. Um, but we are also very much aware that there is an oversaturation of content out there at the moment, isn't there? It's a, it seems that everyone and their dog seems to be blogging, vlogging, tweeting, and podcasting about it. So we want to find some new angles. Um, firstly, we want to talk to Swansea University staff about how they're feeling about ChatGPT. Um, You've done as we've done. You, you've sat and you've watched as this thing has like completely changed the writing game. Um, you might have high hopes for creative and positive uses of the tool. You might be sat marking work and carrying a subtle paranoia with you. Has, has this student really written this? So we want to hear from you. Uh, we're not going to sit down, introduce the tool, and authoritatively lay out the pros and cons of the thing. Uh, we want to get to the heart of how academics are feeling right now. So uh, if, if that's you, then uh, we'd like you to get in touch to talk about uh, maybe coming on a, a podcast episode in the future. Equally, we also want to hear from students. Uh, we want to know, how do you feel about the tool? Have you tried it out? Um, we're not after people to come on the show and admit to using it to cheat, uh, but we do want to know how you're using it creatively to make your life easier in ways that don't constitute academic misconduct. Um, and we also want to know how it's affecting your relationship with your lecturers as well. Are your teachers suspicious? Have you been warned against using it? Have you been encouraged to use it? Have you been accused of using the bot to cheat? If you've got views on ChatGPT and you want to come on the podcast in either of those capacities, then uh, please get in touch with us at susaltcast at swansea.ac.uk. So uh, a quick thanks to Karis and James for being uh, willing participants in our version of an overdone stunt. Um, <laughs> uh, so it's goodbye from them. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Thank you. And it's goodbye from me. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to A Pinch of Salt. You can find new episodes of this podcast on the last Tuesday of every month with the odd bonus episodes scattered in between. You can catch us on all good podcasting platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. You can also find us on Twitter at SUPinchOfSalt to join in the conversation. If it's got anything to do with learning and teaching in higher education, let's make sure everybody knows about it. Thank you.